insurance agents from around the world. Welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast powered by Glovebox. God, I love Glovebox. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist from iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome. He's a six foot three sophomore from Mobile, Alabama, parade first team All-American, rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. Hi, Bradley. Great, Scott. How are you today? Bradley Flowers, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. So Scott messed the intro up twice, so I, we have a rule if he messes it up twice, I get to it, do it. If I mess it up two times in a row, Bradley does the intro, which has never happened in 200 and some odd episodes. I got to cash in that card. You did. I did pretty good, didn't I? You did great. I was proud of you. That was a fantastic intro. Guys, we have a very special show for you today, but before we get started, Bradley, it's secret time, and it is, is very befitting that I have on... My present from Bradley Flowers, my Burt Kreischer T-shirt for secret time today. Okay. Here's the secret time for everybody. I am desperately trying to stop smoking. For all of you out there that are listening to this right now, if you're going to quit smoking, whether you've been smoking for a couple of years, your whole life, for me it's been about give or take five years, the first thing that you need to do is go to audible.com if you're not a member. Sign up for audible.com, which, by the way, uh, Mike Stromso calls it Audible University. And you need to download the book, Alan Carr's The Easy Way to Stop Smoking. That book is the, I guess, uh, the owner's manual, if you will, to get you to stop smoking. Now, here's the problem. I have not stopped cold turkey, which some people do try to do from time to time because I knew I would probably kill Bradley today if I tried to stop cold turkey. So I've tried to cut back tremendously. For instance, normally when I'm over here at Portal, I probably, it's uh, 12.15. I've been here since 9.30 this morning, 9.15. I probably would have already smoked four, four or five cigarettes. I've smoked two, and both times I put them both out probably halfway through smoking them. The problem with doing what I'm doing is when you stop, when you slow down and you stop smoking as much as you were, it becomes glaringly obvious to you when you do smoke a cigarette because your mind's telling you that you need to, how bad it makes you feel. Mm -hmm. So like if I walk outside and smoke a cigarette now, as soon as I put it out, I'm like, oh God, I feel awful. The same thing happens to me with cigars. Right. So I'll be honest with you, since we're in the trust tree, sure. one, I'm insanely proud of you. Oh, thank you. Two, I didn't actually, you posted in our group chat right. that you were trying to quit smoking. Right. I didn't actually pick up on that right? And then until a few days later. And Aaron Robertson, I think, asked how it was going. Right. And I was like, oh, I was picking up a sense of irritability, right? which is completely understandable. Sure. But part of me was thinking, how is this going to go being in this room for two days? It's like, is he going to twist my head off? Exactly. I'm glad you're doing it the way that you're doing it. Right. Well, yeah. No, I think that, I mean, I think that's how I would approach it to, to wean myself off very slowly. And then, and then eventually you have a disdain for it. Which is kind of where I'm at, where when I go smoke, because my mind's telling me I need to. Mm -hmm. 
and then I go smoke, and at about halfway through the cigarette, I'm like, oh, this is awful. I can't do yeah. this. Well, I have a buddy that, that took that pill. Yeah, chan- Chantix. Chantix. And what it does is it makes you feel terrible when you smoke Correct. one, but it also makes you like contemplate suicide and Correct. stuff, too. So that that's probably so, needs so, to be avoided. So more secret time for you people. Again, if you are out there and you're smoking, and you've reached a point to where you're tired of smelling like smoke and spending a couple hundred dollars a month on cigarettes. The book is called Alan Carr's The Easy Way to Stop Smoking. It is not easy. I don't give a shit what Alan says. But I will say that if you read that book on Audible, which is, in my opinion, the best way to read it, uh, it does give you the ammunition to start start stopping and understanding the, the psychology behind why you're even doing it because – the times that I have stopped smoking and dipping, uh, three or four weeks after I stop, in my mind, I think to myself, why on earth did I ever do that, right? But to Bradley's point, before we introduce our all-star guest today, I went to my doctor about a year ago because I was contemplating quitting, and he prescribed me Chantix. And he said, as he's, as he's telling me what he's about to prescribe me, you need to be very careful because I had a patient about a month ago that I prescribed Chantix to. He was like you, about your age, wanted to stop. He comes back two weeks later to his office. He said, I need to talk to you because I'm not going to be able to use Chantix anymore. And he said, well, tell me what happened. He claimed that he has never had a suicidal thought in his life, never even considered suicide was not one of these people that are depressed and that the day before he came back to his office he was driving over the tennessee river bridge and had to fight every fiber of his being not to drive his vehicle off that bridge he said it scared him so bad he could not he knew he would never be able to take his medication again it's like these medication commercials you see Right. For allergies, and it's like also causes rectal bleeding. Correct. <laughs> like, and, bl- well, and like, bladder cancer. I'm trading one problem off for another. Right. Guys, we've got an incredible show for you today. I'm excited to be here. Bradley is. I know our guest is excited as well. We are proud to have him. I am wildly interested in talking to him. I know a little bit about what they're doing, but I'm. I, my hope is that when we end this podcast, just like we do every single week, Besides training you guys on how not to smoke, which we've already done, (laughs) check the box there, we are going to be able to help you guys. And hopefully this is going to be a podcast you can turn off and maybe go implement some things in your agency to help you grow and live the life that each one of you deserve to live. So without further ado, please allow me to introduce our rock star guest for today. He is originally from Keokuk, Iowa, and he currently resides... In Des Moines, Iowa. That's a strange place for a technology company, isn't it, Bradley Flowers? Mm -hmm. He has four, count them four, beautiful babies. Taylor, Nick, Anna, and Nikki. And to those guys, you should be very proud of your father. I know that when you listen to this podcast, depending on how old you are, you are going to be extremely proud of him and what he's been able to accomplish in his life. And he is a graduate of the University of Iowa, and in 2013, he and his brother Carl started a technology company called Rocket Referrals. The company was rebranded, and today he is the CEO of Client Circle 
Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you first-time guest on the IGP, Mr. Tori Merez. Did I say that right? Hey, Tori. You had it perfect. Thank you so much. That was the best intro I've ever had. Talking about the kids, like, that is what we do this for, man. And if I can make them proud, then that's all that matters. You know, kids really Anything like the else, intro. <laughs> that's all it takes. Hey, you know? hey Tori, I want to say this to your kids if when they listen to this. Now, your oldest, Taylor, may listen to this, you know, in the next few weeks. I don't know. She's old enough. Uh, yeah, she's in Arizona now. I, I feel like I've completed one, right? She's go. got her own job. Like you accomplished uh, one goal. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. <laughs> so so Taylor may listen to this very soon, and then your youngest Nikki, who is only thirteen, probably won't care anything about listening to this for, you know, five, ten, fifteen years. But one day unless we put it on TikTok. Exactly unless we put it on TikTok. <laughs> we'll be on TikTok. Yeah. There we go. So so what what I want to say to them, guys, you should be very proud of what your father has accomplished and what he continues to accomplish. And I know just like every podcast guest that we've ever had on here, one of the big whys of why we all do what we do is to give our kids a better life than what we had growing up. And I I feel confident in saying that you've probably been able to do that for them. And I hope that I hope that they're as proud of their daddy as I'm, as I'm proud of you for what you've been able to accomplish in this industry. Thanks, man. I think that, uh, from my perspective, it's not ever about money or opportunity or things like that. But, you know, coming from a little town, Keokuk, Iowa, Correct. you know, you kind of grow up and you believe you don't really believe that you can do anything. But right. at the end of the day, you really can, man. You just put your mind to it and you know that that's right. why you're going to be successful at quitting smoking, that's you know, right. because everybody's listening to this and you guys were all entrepreneurs. We got that spirit and that drive and we've really truly do believe that we can do anything and um that's what i want them to to think about themselves because i know it's possible isn't it isn't it interesting tori so i have a a nine-year-old scott's is 15 15 it's a great age i have a nine-year-old and she's starting to recognize and understand things that i do at work it's it's completely like selfish to a degree but isn't it cool when they kind of recognize something you do at work and they think it's cool or yeah. you can tell they're understanding and, you know, nine years old. I mean, obviously she doesn't know a lot about insurance, but I remember when she first found out that I was putting stuff on YouTube mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was like, you have a YouTube channel. Right. How come no one's told me this? Like I right. might as well have told her I was on like daytime TV. Exactly. You know, yep. and to start asking, isn't it like a really, even though like what we all do is nothing special, it's a really like proud moment when they're like, you're like, yeah, dad does that, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. I imagine you've had a few of those. I have. I, you know, actually one of the times, believe it or not, it's Nikki, youngest, but yet she has this mind where she can like solve problems in the simplest, most like down to earth way that I just love it. She'll say, Hey, so what's going on on at work? You know? And, um, I'll say, Oh, it's, you know, no big deal. Maybe this employee issue or that or whatever. And she's like, you know what you should do is just blah, 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 blah. I'm like, Oh my God, you're exactly right. (laughs) You know, Uh, because she doesn't think, 
it's crazy. You know, she doesn't think about it with all the complexities. I think that we get uh-huh. on a day to day basis. She can see it at the most simple level. Like, and I just, I think it's good. It's good inspiration for me to say, man, I got to just dumb this down. Yeah. But you're not really, it, you know, it's a weird expression to say, I think to make things simple, you have, it takes a lot more brain power to make something simple than, you know, to keep it complicated. But she has this way of doing that. And I love it. Well, everybody knows too, like anybody who's been in marketing any kind of time knows that kind of one of the golden rules is to dumb things down so that a fifth grader or whatever could understand it. I remember I went to her class when she was in the first or second grade. I went to her class for career day and I'm Mm -hmm. sitting here going back and forth. Like, how am I going to explain insurance to Mm -hmm. a bunch of first graders? (laughs) Right. And so I had this magic trick that I do. You've seen the trick where the magician has the white rope and they cut the rope, stuff it in and pull it out and it's fixed. Right. I know how to do that trick. Nothing, it's nothing special. There's another rope. You're not cutting the rope that is the big rope anyway. And I just broke the first code of magician, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I went and I had this rope and I was like, okay, this rope is your mom or dad's car. Okay. And these scissors are an accident and I pulled it out and I cut it and I said, now I'm going to wave the magic insurance wand and pulled the rope out. And it was, and they're all like, whoa. Right, right. And every one of them was like, okay, I kind of understand what insurance does now. And the teacher pulls me aside and she's like, hey, that's the best definition of insurance I've ever heard. And I was like, lady, I don't do magic tricks every single day, but that's how we sell insurance to our clients is we just make it stupid, simple, right. super simple where anybody can understand it. And, Cause that's what people yep. want. They don't want it to be too complex. And you don't so, want them to think, you know, people have too much other things to think about. So exactly. why give them something else. Right? I, 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 guys, I was on the phone with one of my agents the other day and, my dad had called because there was a house over in a place called Russellville, Alabama. Yep, I never that, that we uh, that the the his friend was having a hard time insuring. It was a, a historic protection class ten. Well, historical home, oh, slate gosh. roof, and we're sitting there having this conversation on a three way call, and I come up with the analogy of the three little pigs. I said, I said, Aaron, let let me ask you a question. He said, yeah. And I said, do you remember when we were in kindergarten and they told that story about the three little pigs? Now, I won't go into the whole analogy and why I had to say that because it just doesn't really matter. But that falls right into what you're saying when you're talking to people. I think that Joe Public especially appreciates when you can dumb something down to the three little pigs analogy for people to understand property and casualty insurance, right? Mm-hmm. But Tori, let's talk a little bit about you today. I want to hear what we've done. I know that most people listening to this podcast remember or know the name Rocket Referrals. We yep. have we have rebranded and are now client circle for a number of reasons. Number one you're trying to do a lot of things to help agencies with that full customer journey that we talked about before we got on the show. First and yep. for, first and foremost, tell our 250,000 insurance agents listening today, what was the reason for the rebrand and how are we different 
today as clients circle than maybe we yeah. were three years ago as rocket referrals? Well, I'm going to answer by, by giving you a little, a quick story. You know, when we started the company, we did a lot of research and interviews with insurance agents to solve a problem, you know, and the problem that we found at the time was that people had a lot of customers that were willing to refer them, but they weren't actually taking the right actions to get them to do that. And so mm. we created a company around this idea to help, you know, a business specifically an insurance agency grow their business through increasing referrals. And we would do that through targeted and automated communication. Talk about simple. The idea at the time was you give us your customer data, you flip on this, a couple switches and we take care of the rest, right? Like we wrote all the copy, we did everything and we saw referrals increase. We saw a lot of things, but being in the sort of you know, game and talking to agents on a day-to-day -day basis, we saw a lot more problems and we're problem solvers. We're like, hey man, we can help you with Google reviews and, you know, we can do this automated communication and we can also do web chat for you and we can do all these other things. And so we started to just build solutions to this stuff. And we basically outgrew our name, right? People would think of referrals as just legion and all kinds of you know, th you know, things. And we've grown our product since 2013. Every year we're adding two or three massive major features that like an entire company would, would do, you know, mm -hmm. it's like web chat for example. You know, there's a company that does web chat. There's a company that does this and we're building them focused around client or around uh, insurance and around clients. And we thought, Hey, we got to change our name to let people know that we do more than referrals, right? Like we're everything from, you know, helping a prospect close the deal to making it to retaining a client and to cross selling that person and to winning them back if they if you lose them. And so we, we think of it as a as full circle. And that's kind of why we came up with uh, the, the name client circle. So I know there's a lot of independent agencies out there who name their agency one thing. And they know that that they probably should call it something else. You know, for yeah. example, for example, I'm trying to relate this to the audience. So for example, it's pretty widely known that if you name your in your agency, John Smith insurance, it actually can and usually does impact the value of that agency. I did that uh, right here. Well, you, but you rebranded the, the guy um, sitting three feet from you did that, but you rebranded. Yeah. Um, but that's true, right? You would agree with that, right? hundred percent. Yeah. You know, James Jenkins yep. is another one was originally James Jenkins and associates right. rebranded to risk. Well, but what happens? Well, let me stop you there. The first time I rebranded and this was a problem too. I rebranded to death machine insurance. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> and that didn't catch on as well as I wanted from a national perspective. So that's when I switched. Is that to a real today. story? No, that's not. I, I'm kidding. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> we should create that some death been. machine insurance shirts. Death machine insurance. We'll see how much that catches on. And we may make some shirts for you guys. Not an insurance company, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> so I think a lot of agents out there either wish they could change their name or companies wish they could change their name or either is too blinded by it needs to be this. You know what I mean? I think it's easy to get romantically attached to a name. 
And oh, you yeah. guys did a phenomenal job with branding rocket referrals and being known in the industry. I mean, you don't go to a trade show that you guys are not at. And even yep. Scott alluded to it earlier when he said, everybody knows what rocket referrals was or is. Yep. Yep. Which is, I, that's got to make you feel good. Yeah. How did you it break was, apart from being romantically attached to that name and make the very thoughtful decision, very potentially painful decision to rebrand? Like, like I want to give you props, but I also want to like know like how that process went. Oh uh, man, I think that we probably went through the same stages of grief that you do when you mm-hmm. lose a loved one, man. Like it's, it's really difficult. And, you know, we still kind of held on to it a little bit. Our company, the legal company name is still Rocket Referrals, like all of our contracts and things like that would be kind of crazy to change. So we're still like Rocket Referral signs of employee paychecks and stuff. And, you know, things. So it's, yeah, it's still, yep. So it's still around. Uh, Maybe that made it a little bit easier, but either either way, we want people to think of us as client circle. Uh, And so it was difficult, but it's like a band-aid you kind of have to rip off. I did not mm-hmm. see how we could continue to grow and be the company we wanted to be with Rocket Referrals as the name. And so we just had to do it. And there's never a good time. So it's, you know, we just had to do it as soon as possible, basically. Uh, and this is something we worked on for a year, right? Yeah. So you know, it, it was also a lot of fun to, to simplify our message talking about that. You know, we used to say we help you. I don't even know. It was too long. Uh, now it's just happier clients, more sales. Right. That's that's what we do. And it kind of opens us up to say, hey, we're here to solve problems. We want to make your clients happier and we want to help you improve sales. And that's that's our goal is we're going to stick to. And we solidified our, our message and our brand with employees. And it it really there's just too many positive things and that's what we focused on. And employees, we had a lot of fun with employees. We put together an awesome brand box and got them really excited about it. And to so get them involved in because, it. Yeah, we got them involved yeah. in like building things and the website and the brand, like everything. So it was a lot of fun. And so because we were able to kind of focus our attention on that, it was easy to let go. At first, we actually wanted to have something that still had rocket in it, right? Like we wanted to we thought maybe if we could have something rocket in it, but uh, believe it or not, we're one of the few companies that hold a trademark on a rocket branded name that rocket mortgage and rocket companies has not gone after because we trademarked it before they did. Wow. And yeah, so it's kind of, that's also, they have not the greatest customer experience and we didn't want to be associated with that. So we are like, okay, let's, we got to get away from that for that reason too. So, you want yeah. to do something funny? So there's just so many things. Yeah. Scott Nye's LLC is Rocket Fuel LLC. You want to hear? Oh yeah. Hold you want to hear? To some, that. You want to hear something funnier than that? My home base of operations is Huntsville, Alabama, the Rocket City. Yeah. <laughs> so everything, yeah. everything in Huntsville, Alabama is Rocket this, Rocket that, Rocket, Rocket, Rocket. Well, I had to call. Yeah. Uh, I had to call the bank the other day. To, there was something weird with a transaction. Yeah. Won't talk about it on the air, but. I had to hold for an hour with the about most right. personable rep I've ever, I wanted to hire her by the end of the call. She kept me talking the whole time. Wow. And she says, so what, what type of, uh, what type of fuel do you guys sell? There you go. I'm like, <laughs> sweetheart, if I told you what we actually do, you would, would not be impressed. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So 
we had a name rocket something i can't even remember what it was and we talked to our trademark attorneys like no i literally just got out of a lawsuit right now where rocket companies rocket mortgage bought another company just for their trademark rights to defend against another patent attorneys so, ruin everything everything yeah hey yeah. hey tori let's get to the meat and potatoes of this yeah how are you different today in November of 2022 from just simply a the things that you can do for an average insurance agency like mine versus, and I go back to your statement earlier, I'm going to say it again. We're trying to do a lot of things to help agencies with the full customer journey. Yep than where you were, let's just say, two years ago, 24 months ago as Rocket Referrals. Yeah, what, right. what are some things that would make me go, okay, well, maybe we need to look at this again? Yeah. So I, I like to think of our company kind of as uh, approaching development like Apple does on laptops and iPhones and stuff where – when they have a little bit to do with the processor and all of the hardware and the battery and also the software, they can make really unique experiences, right? And so that's the approach that we're taking where, you know, we've made our own web chat, we made our own text messaging, we made our own automation platform, and we've just released a new product called Journeys that's kind of like, people call it a CRM, uh, you know, but it's... What a CRM is in this industry, in the insurance industry, is not what I think of a CRM in the broader insurance, or sorry, broader software industry, but that stages sort of pipeline management, right? Mm -hmm. So that's journeys, except uh, because we have all of those other ways to communicate with people, email and cards and text messages and web chat, we can kind of control the message on all of those things, right? So I really think of what we've been doing over the past you know, six years is building all of those little components and pieces to be able to communicate with people. And then just recently with Journeys, kind of wrapping it all up in a nice bow to be able to automate the entire process. And so Journeys is going to be a foundation, foundational uh, thing for us, a cornerstone that we're going to build on and add multiple things in it. So uh, we have a really cool relationship with Hawksoft where in a journey you can create a suspense now in the management system that's automated, right? Wow. And like so many cool things that uh, we've just been able to like pull together on this product. And so we're really excited about, you know, that because it kind of just brings everything together. Are you still focused on testimonials and reviews and yeah, things MPS. like that? Is that is that something that you guys are continuing to to focus on? Hundred percent. I think NPS is you know when you, NPS is something that we've done from the very beginning, and we use it as a tool to learn about your customers and then be able to target them with different opportunities. You know, so uh -huh. if you're doing a cross sell campaign. You don't want to start selling an additional product to somebody who has an existing issue on something they already have. Like you kind of get have to get that solved before right. they're even psychologically open to talking to you about adding more. Oh, that's, so, that's a recipe for pissing somebody off is when you call them to talk about something they're already having a issue in your agency with. It's like, are you kidding exactly. me? Right now? Are you kidding me right now? 
And that's why you got to have a platform that knows what's happening on both sides of things. And that's where I mean, like, when you kind of have a little bit across all of the stuff together, I can say, hey, this guy is a detractor. We're not going to, like, start talking about cross-sell until he turns a promoter. And then as soon as that data is changes in the system, boom, it starts to send out that other campaign, right? So uh, because everything is connected, you can do really cool like targeted personal campaigns like that. And it's so important that it's all connected because, you know, I, I, I go all over the country and I talk to these agents and people reach out to us to the podcast and I'm in all these groups that everybody's in. And, and every now and then somebody will, 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 will poke their head up that is like anti-automation, right? Mm-hmm. And, and one of the reasons they often give is, is they have some horror story like we all have heard in insurance and no matter what facet, right? And of somebody's automation on some Bobo system accidentally triggering off and everybody gets contacted about a message that was only meant for a, a two people, certain segment yep. of clients and, and the way you, which would be horrible. And I actually have done that by accident before. Thankfully it was a nice mess. I, I meant to text like a couple hundred people. Hey, I really appreciate your bit, you and your business. And I actually texted it to my entire client base, which actually went over extremely well, but that's the way you mitigate is, is the, is having everything together. Yeah. We want, we want to eliminate as many things as absolutely possible like that. And I think that because we have so many different sort of ways to communicate with people and how the information connected, we do a pretty good job of that. But, you know, just to that point, you know, just outside of what my platform does, I think that people who get upset about that one problem with automation, they're, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater if they don't do something. You know, because what they aren't thinking about is the other 90,000 opportunities that they're not hitting with that. You well, know? what you're and doing think- is you're, you're cutting your head off so you don't get a sinus infection. Right. That's what's yeah, happening. Exactly. If you don't use technology or automation for the fear of that one thing that could happen, that's yep. exactly what you're doing. Hey, hey, can I give you guys some secret time right now? There's, there's not yes. anybody going to ever hear this, so <laughs> trust we're, tree. we're in good shape. We need a trust tree sound. <laughs> Brandon, <laughs> Brandon, do something over there, please. <laughs> Damn. So he can't hear. So la- oh, he can hear that. Uh, last week, November the first. I'm about ninety nine point nine percent sure that I protect insurance downloaded the December birthday list for November because on November the 1st, I got not one, not two, but three text messages from people saying November 1st is not my birthday. My birthday is December the 1st. Justin. And you you need to use that as an opportunity. Exactly. yeah, I have a story for you. Go ahead. That happened to one of our clients. Um, they had changed. Uh, um, something happened where we had sent out uh, birthday cards to people like a month, you know, ahead of time. I can't remember like the scenario, and um, they got a ton of attention. And so what we told them to say is. 
Yeah, I know. We did that on purpose because we, you know, we wanted you to get a message when uh, other people weren't because we, you know, something like that. And man, it went over really, really well. They got more calls and sold more other additional policies and 10 Mm -hmm. reviews from that than any other campaign. So, uh, man, that so much so we thought, man, we should make this like a normal thing. Allow people to like... (laughs) Exactly. There's a uh, an old school Scott will love this. There's an old school life insurance sales tactic, and a lot of life insurance companies, when you are six months before your next birthday, so let's say your birthday's January first, which right. your birthday is, right? On June the first, or maybe July the first, doesn't matter. Let's say June the first. The life insurance company, if you went to buy life insurance, they actually treat it as if you're already that age. Mm-hmm. So they, if you're going to turn right. 50 on January 1, you go to buy life insurance on 6-1, they're treating you as a 50-year-old. Correct. So mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of old-school life insurance companies do that. And I knew an agent who, again, was like a real old-school tactic. We're going to do a policy review, and we're on the debit route and all that kind of stuff, would call people on that six months and say, hey, Scott, it's Bradley with Portal Insurance, man. I just wanted to wish you happy birthday. Right. And they say, well, it's not my birthday. I'm so sorry. Well, it's actually your insurance birthday. What the heck is an insurance birthday? And that leads yeah. right into sure. that conversation. So yeah. if you guys want to go like super corny, and I know that some people style, use that. But How, how about this one? How about yeah. this one, guys? There's an old Scott Howell trick I learned from an old Northwestern agent, mutual agent. Miss Johnson, just remember this. When everybody else is showing up at your house with a casserole, I'm going to be the only one showing up with a check. Ooh. Get you some of that. Get y'all some of that, boys (laughs) and girls. Tori, we mentioned this off the air. I don't Mm -hmm. think there's anything wrong with raising money. I don't think there's anything wrong with, I don't think there's anything wrong with exiting your company, but you guys have owned a successful, have bootstrapped and owned a successful software company in an industry that most people have raised money and exited. Again, nothing wrong with raising money. I myself have personally, and so has Scott, invested in as, I guess you could say, a VC, a very, very small VC in a lot of technology companies. Nothing wrong with that. But there's something to be said for a company that's bootstrapped, successful, and has not exited, and I'm sure has had many opportunities to do so for millions and millions of dollars. Talk a little bit about not only that, but how that benefits your users. Oh, man. Thanks for bringing this up because uh, we don't talk enough about it, I think. Um, You know, we hear a lot about when people raise money and when they exit. And I feel, you know, honestly, really good for those people uh, when that happens because you sacrifice so much um, when you're going through this process. You kind of hope for that that big day. Um, but for us, um, we feel success when we don't need to do those things, right? That we don't need to raise money. And that means that we control the destiny of our product and our employees. We can, so what does it mean for the average everyday user? Number one, we can listen to you and what your problems are and like, be able to adapt and shift and change and make new products faster and more quickly. Um, And uh, I feel like 
we haven't done any of those things because we have a lot more to give, right? We, we have a lot more, we have a really bright future of product development and things that I want to do and for the long haul, right? And it excites me when we solve new problems and we do it without, you know, billions of dollars in, in cash from VC. Um, to me, I just have a lot more fun doing it. So that's what, why we're doing it. Well, I feel like, and it's not just an insurance industry problem. It's a Silicon Valley problem. I feel like, and again, nothing wrong with raising money. Scott and I, prior to this conversation at lunch, we're talking about an idea for a company we had. And I said, Hey, let's raise a little bit of money when we do it. Nothing wrong with that, but I feel like we and, and over- by a little bit he means about thirty forty million dollars for anybody <laughs> that wants to invest. I feel like I feel like we over sensationalize this company raised thirty million dollars, and we under sensationalize right. the entrepreneur that bootstrapped it and did it all themselves. Because when I look at someone who raised fifty million dollars, yeah, there's a little bit of wow, good for them. Wow, wish I would have been in on that. But there's also a little bit of, man, they just sold 40% of their company. Right, or more. Yeah. And, and, and so there's there's something to be said for that. And then also, I think, again, nothing wrong with having a goal of exiting, nothing wrong with exiting. But I think if you make it your sole focus to exit your company, mm-hmm somewhere along the way that is going to affect your customer experience. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Because and, if your goal is not to exit, the only other option is to make the product really, really good. That's it. There you go. Boom. You just hit the nail on the head because when you are bootstrapped, you have to be profitable. Yes. And to be profitable, you have to build things that people want and that they need and they're solving real problems, right? You can't add revenue by buying another company. And that's what people do. They'll, they'll say, Hey, I, I want to grow by acquisition. You know, I'm going to go buy another company and that's how I'm going to grow. And it's going to look good to investors and shareholders because my revenue just went up, but they finance that. Right. So they went out and got a loan and they, uh, well, this, even today, money's still pretty cheap, even though it's less cheap than it was, but they'll go finance that. And the money that they are, you know, borrowing it costs less than the valuation that they get when they they buy it. So that's what what they do. And for us, we know that we have to be profitable. And so everything that we do is for customer experience and for, you know, the agency growth. And it has to be. Otherwise, we can't exist anymore. Tori, Um, I I love you. I love you guys. And I am so happy that I did not know you about two and a half years ago. (laughs) <laughs> you know why? You know why? <clears throat> this is not your fault. It's not a lot. Lots changed since that time. I know. I got into a conversation with one of your sales reps, and had I known you back then, I probably would have driven to your house and bounced you off every wall in that office. I was so mad at the time, <laughs> and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for that. I'm so sorry for that. But we get into this conversation about reviews versus testimonials, mm-hmm. and I said, let me explain something to you in a way that only a kid from Pine Ridge, Alabama can explain it to you. I don't give a shit if you call it reviews, testimonials. You can make up some word from like off the movie Star Wars if you want to and call it something that nobody's ever heard of before. I don't give a shit. 
All mm-hmm. I want, all I want is when when a review goes out to one of our brand spanking new green business customers and they fill it out and they say all the great things about our agency, I want that to go to Google and be on Google. And we got into a 30-minute debate about the words review versus testimonial. Oh, man. And I was so <laughs> mad by the time I got off that call. I told Justin Miller, I said, I don't know, I don't know that I got through. I don't know that I got through <laughs> to them what I was trying to say about the difference between I don't give a shit about what you call it. I just want it to show up on Google. So yeah. I guess my question is this. I know we've changed the name to Client Circle. Is there a way today versus two or three years ago that it's easier now to, through, through automations, uh, through some of the other things that y'all are doing to, to get testimonials to go straight to that Google business listing that's ultimately where all of us agencies want our reviews or yeah. testimonials to show up at? Man, that's a, that's a great question and something that, Talk about, you know, back in the day, right, when we had sort of the easy button, you know, I would think that, you know, what we wanted Rocket Referrals to be is you sign up, you connect your management system, and you're going to get like the 80% what's going to work for most people out there. Right. And it's, it's like the low-hanging fruit that's going to get you a big boost right away. Right. And so to do that, you kind of have to build a very opinionated system, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Because if you add too many bells and whistles and knobs to turn and settings for people, folks that they don't spend their day thinking about how to come up with the best campaigns and stuff like that. What they do is they focus on insurance and you want to have something that's really good for them, right? So that's what we built the system to do. Sure. When we get a more advanced user like you who wants to be able to really tweak it and get that, yep. that like that hundredth of a second off of their mile run. Correct. No, we weren't the best solution for you because we gave you the thing that's going to work for most people. Not the 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 out of the box, the out of the box thing that, you know, 80, 85% of agents need. Right. Right. You're exactly right. so, So we still have that. Right. And you can start up and use, you know, client circle and bam, hit a few switches and boom, you're, if you haven't done anything or if you've only done a little bit, then you're going to see massive improvement. Um, but with the thing like journeys and stuff where you can really fine tune stuff, you're going to have a lot more option to tweak things and to really get what you want. If you want to send every new customer a review request and get that out on Google, you can do it. Um, if you want to use our opinionated sort of design, which is, Hey, we're going to, hold back people that we think are going to give review and then spread it out over a couple of years. That's what you get kind of out of the box. Correct. But if you want to do your road, then you can do that now. Um, it's just, it takes a little bit more setup. So yeah, that's definitely a, a shift in thinking that we have. Right. And, and, um, and let me stop you right there. I really like that a lot because you have such a breadth of the 250,000 insurance agents that are listening to this from a bandwidth standpoint across that entire landscape, every single one of those agencies is at, is at a different spot in automation. Yep. Some, are, some are at baseline zero. Some are in what I would consider a doctoral level. We, we can automate anything. 
and yep. ev- and everywhere in between. So to have two different ways of doing that, one's kind of the just out of the box, easy easy peasy, and then one's going to require somebody in your agency that has a technology savvy uh, mindset to really deep dive into this to to to, to, to as you, that was a perfect example you gave like like improving your your time in the 400 meter dash by point zero 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 one seconds is what you're trying to do right that's yep. per, that's perfect exactly yep well i tell you what before we get off this podcast tell our listening audience today where they can go to find you guys today if they want to take a demo and as I tell every podcast listener about once every month, I'm not here to sell you on client circle. What I am here to tell you to do, and I do a pretty decent job of this in our agency, is we look at every single technology out there and weigh it versus what we're already doing to determine, is this something that is going to move the ball a, a little closer to the goal line for us and make us better or is this something that we need to pass on so that's all i ask them to do go out yeah. get a demo take a look at who you are today and figure out is this something that we need to do in our agency to help us be better how do they get in touch with you so clientcircle.com is the best way and i i appreciate that approach uh you know to what you said we are not the biggest you know and and actually we don't get a lot of time on podcasts and things like that because we don't pay big money to put our name on those things sure. because what we we want people to do what you just said is like hey there's no long-term contracts try it for a month and right. feel how this thing is working for you and if it's not then you know and there's another better solution we want you to do that because we think that there's enough room out there in this industry for lots of different players the best thing that we can do is to have all of our companies work together to grow mm. this industry and make it successful and bigger. I want I want more agents to say I want to be an independent agent, right? Sure. And that's what we're trying to do. And we want to make this industry, you know, uh, have an atmosphere of really good tools and growth and things so that anybody in here can be successful. And so yeah, give it a shot, give it a try and make it work. And if it doesn't, let me know why because I want to learn from that and make it better. That's and, all I ask is if, if you don't like it, please tell me why. And you guys will be at the One City World Tour. We're very happy we to have you guys there. Scott and I don't talk about this enough because we don't... We always forget about we it. We always forget about it. <laughs> OneCityWorldTour.com is January 18th and 19th, Austin, yep. Texas. So I'm excited to be going. I'm excited to get to spend... I'm going to do uh, God Willing and the Creek Don't Rise. I am going to do a much better job this year of spending quality time with as many attendees as I possibly can to learn more about them, who they are. They're not limited to snuggling. I can snuggle. (laughs) I have stayed with podcast uh, listeners in hotel rooms in a king size bed. Aaron Robertson, I'm talking to you. It's not really (laughs) listeners. It's one, but Um, I want to spend more time, quality time individually with everybody or as many people as I can see while I'm there to learn more about their agency and try to help them grow and be a better agency. Tori, I think that's something that you probably, if I'm in your shoes and I go to the one city world tour with a bunch of agency owners and, you know, people from different agencies, I'm talking to them about, 
how you know not trying to sell you on anything how can we help you you know what are you doing yep. that's good what are you doing that's bad how can we help you get better well and the thing right. about our event too is it's and this is what i tell people like we're not going to have the biggest event it's going to be a couple hundred people right but it's it's all people who want to improve their agency it's people that are that are pushing and, and working, as Scott says, that ball one step forward to greatness. It's right. not people that have a big book of renewals and are resting on their laurels. It's not people that are getting ready to sell. It's not maybe not necessarily people that are just starting, but it's people that they are trying to make things happen. Correct. And that and yep. the reason you would come to our event is to be around those people. Right. If you want to be around the movers and the shakers of the industry, the people who are really getting stuff done, that's that's where you go. Bradley and I are going to talk about this on a podcast in a couple of weeks, but at lunch today, we were discussing my discussions about selling my agency. And one of the points I made to him was this. I said, of the three or four reasons I've decided not to do that, one of those reasons was this podcast because I don't feel like I can continue doing this podcast if I'm not in the game every single day. And quite mm-hmm. frankly, I don't really want your ass at the One City World Tour if you're not doing it every single day to speak to my agency mm-hmm. force. Because I've mm-hmm. got a lot of agents. You know, it's great. I know I have tons of friends in the industry that are vendors and that are consultants and do this or do that. But – I'm just telling you, it means a lot more to me when I sit down and I talk to somebody who's in the foxhole every single day dealing with the same issues and problems Mm -hmm. that I'm dealing with. And that was another big reason why I decided to shut down those discussions was I just didn't feel like I would be able to continue this podcast. I love doing this podcast. And and it's not that you were thinking about it once you get to a certain agency size i mean you're having to knock these people off with a stick to get them to stop calling you but but it's interesting so after last year's event or this year's event in january i had multiple attendees come up to me and say man that was most valuable not best speaker lineup right but most valuable i mean i took so many notes like I've been to so many. I think Rob Bowen was one of them Rob you know you see him at a lot of conferences man that was like the best lineup and you know why? They're doing it. Because we picked them. Yeah, they're doing it. Same reason the people who are on this show. I mean, it's it's heavy vetting. It's, yeah, right. It, it, it's, it's people who can provide real value. We're not going to have somebody on the show just for the sake of having them on the show because right. they've been on other shows. Right. We're also not going to have one, somebody speak at the One City World Tour that, that is not going to provide value. Correct. That we're just – buddy buddy hey because you spoke at this we're gonna have you here absolutely you know mm-hmm. so Tori, anyway, that's the end of my commercial for that i understand tory i'm so proud of you for making some hard decisions as you were talking about the name change i i, I was sitting here in my mind and, and my mind does not work uh the way that some people's minds work and i was thinking Damn, I bet he had a bunch of marketing material in the dumpster out behind his office when he didn't change it. <laughs> Probably waited until they ran out. The, the last rocket, yeah. the last blue rocket referrals T-shirt went right. out to an agent yeah. in Wisconsin. Yeah. And you're like, okay, we can rebrand now. Exactly. I yeah. still have, dude. I opened my drawer this morning I and I had too. my blue rocket referral shirt was sitting there. I, oh. I do too. I still have my blue rocket Those referral like shirt. The, that was right when when you guys started sending the T-shirts out. Was right when Bella Canvas started like, right. really getting out there and yeah. it was like oh my gosh i could turn this into a pillowcase it's right. like the softest I shirt know, ever I love them. 
Absolutely. Let me, I got to tell you guys a story about the t-shirts because that yeah. shirt that you have will mean even more when you understand why we give out. T-shirts. Okay. Before you tell it though, in yeah. my, in my center desk drawer at my office, and I just lied because about a month ago I went to a stand up desk, the fancy stand up desk where I can push the mm-hmm. button and stand up or sit down before yep. that. And I still have the card in my center desk drawer of my office was that rocket referral card that came with the t-shirt that I can't remember Tori, but it said something to the effect of this t-shirt, blah, blah, blah. And there was a story behind it, but go ahead. Yep. And we'll make sure you guys get some client circle shirts too, uh, because you gotta, gotta add that. But when Carl and I started the company for a brief time, we worked in a, you know, a little startup accelerator, uh, co-working place. And, there was other startups in there and it was maybe every 30 minutes we'd have like a Nerf gun, like she whiz by our head. And we're like, man, are these guys working on a company or are they just having a Nerf battle all the time? But they would, the first thing that they would do is buy stickers and t-shirts and all this kind of stuff. And they don't even have any customers. And here Carl and I are thinking, man, why, why are they spending their money on these things? Cause it made them feel good, you know? And, we thought, well, we're not going to buy any branded like stickers or T-shirts or anything until we can pay ourselves. So we went maybe a year and a half, two years maybe before Carl and I took a salary. And at that point, we bought T-shirts and uh, we had Rocket Referrals branded T-shirts and we gave them to employees and things at the time. And then we took them to shows and we wanted to kind of we, we did it because we kind of wanted to share a little bit in our success. Um, but people didn't know that what those shirts meant is that I could now pay myself a little bit of something. And we still don't pay ourselves enough based upon what we're doing, but enough that we can afford shirts. And so that's what those shirts mean. And that's why we'll continue to do it. It's really a tradition and something that uh, we're very proud uh, to have. There's a lot of agency owners out there that can relate to that. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. At some point, I think both you and I have probably been in a position where we didn't and couldn't pay ourselves. Dude, I just hired yep. about three months ago the swag guy that works with uh, Glovebox mm. out of Colorado. And in the back of my vehicle right now, there's probably. 25 hoodies and 50 t-shirts well, don't hold back dog that, that <laughs> well, I like uh, a good hoodie. and and so and they're the exact same hoodies that oh, that's they, a good they hoodie. had it at, at the I, one well, city I world tour one out there too yeah that i got made right yeah so i have just reached a point in my career where i'm able to just sling swag to every single human like being a t-shirt company that happens to sell insurance correct yeah. correct so yeah. I, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about but yeah cool, man Tori, we love you. We appreciate you being on the show. Guys, go go check them out. See if this is something you need for your agency. Uh, I know that our agency, uh, Justin Miller, our operations manager, will be checking out Client Circle to see kind of how it can fit into what we're doing. Uh, I will say we're probably going to be more on that journey uh, program yep. to complement what we're already doing. But, you know, if it's something that can make us better – even if it's only two, two, three, four percent better, it's probably something we need to be doing over there. So, 
As I end every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today. I heard Chris Paradiso on a Twitter video the other day, and he said he was jogging, and he was talking at the same time, and he said he met with a principal agent that had only been in business for a very short period of time, less than a year. And the guy asked him a question. He said, what is the one thing this first year that I should be focusing all of my attention on? And Chris Paradiso said, you need to spend this next year doing nothing but building relationships in your community. As I always say to you guys, become the mayor of your community. Become the mayor of your town. Sling business cards. Go to events. Let everybody in that town know that you are the insurance guy or girl. That's the one thing you can do. Go make money for your wife, for your husband, for your kid's college fund, for your parents that are struggling out there today. Go make money for them. Write good business for the companies that you represent and write good business for the agencies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Tori. Tori, we right, thanks so much, guys. We, we love you too, Tori. Guys, you were listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. We thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.